What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. And the Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. The first one in franchise history. Long overdue for these folks. Jokic solidifies his legacy even more. He gets the ring. Initial thoughts, guys. I mean, we, we have the OG crew for Happy Hour Hoops. The NBA season's over, so I'm I'm slightly depressed, but at least we got to talk about the champions. <laughs> what, what did you guys think about last night? Congratulations to Meerkat. He finally yes, he finally got one. First, yeah, first and foremost, congratulations to Meerkat. And congratulations to, you know, Denver Nuggets fans. I feel like, obviously, you're going to have people jump on the bandwagon in the playoffs. But if you're a Denver Nuggets fan before this, you were a Denver Nuggets fan, a very loyal fan base, as you could tell during the home games, a very proud fan base, and a very rowdy fan base in the games, too. Uh, this is a first ever championship for for them. It's awesome. It's an awesome, awesome feeling. You could tell with how the players reacted, how the fans reacted, the celebrating. Congratulations to the Nuggets, the fan base, everyone. And I gotta say, after you know looking back at it, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets because probably over the course of the year and from the first game, they were probably the best team in the NBA, and they showed it. It didn't matter who was standing in their way. Jokic proved he's the best player on the planet right now. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Jamal Murray, a full recovery from his injuries in the past since the bubble, looks like a superstar point guard again. And just overall, the Nuggets as a team, man, this might not be just one championship for this team. This is a fantastic team, a fantastic couple of stars. Good for the Nuggets, man. Good for the fans. And you know, kind of put the uh, put their, you know, name on the map where a lot of people don't watch a lot of Nuggets games. They play a little later sometimes. They're not on as many nationally televised games. It's nice for, you know, a smaller, you know, market team to really put it out there because the Nuggets were a damn good basketball team this year and an incredibly impressive playoff run topped off with a gentleman's sweep where the Heat gave it all they could and this Nuggets team, it did not matter. They were just too good, man. They were just too good. Yeah, so starting with last night, you kind of just reminded me when you said it, how how good the Nuggets just looked last night and how they were able to – what impressed me the most is throughout the second quarter, the Heat held around an eight, nine-point lead for most of the second quarter there, and it never felt like the, the Nuggets were out of it. Never. It just felt like the whole game, even when the Heat – I think the Heat took a one-point lead when Butler – hit all those shots in a row in the fourth quarter too and with like two and a half minutes left and I still never flinched. I was like, oh, the Nuggets are still pulling this out. Yeah. Just, and that's how it felt all series, honestly. And and that I think that really goes to their defense too is where the Nuggets, they're always going to hit their shots. Their offense is always fantastic. Our biggest concern going into the playoffs was their defense and – that was the least of the concerns for the playoffs. That defense, yeah. every game, I mean, the adjustments, I say it all the time, the adjustments they made at every single game at halftime, it felt like just Michael Malone getting them ready. The way they played as a team, I mean, it was great, great basketball to watch. And that was, I think, the most impressive thing. Yeah, you have this superstar, this superstar, generational-type talent in Nikola Jokic. But they played as a team, man. You would have games where Bruce Brown went off. You would have games where Aaron Gordon had some good games. Jamal Murray averaged about 30 a game before the finals. And then he averaged 21 and 10. I yeah. mean, you had that. You had Michael Porter Jr., who was ice-cold shooting, but it didn't matter in game five. 
13 rebounds, started attacking the boards. I mean, Christian Brown, who might be the key to everything because he played the same role he did at Kansas the previous year in the college basketball run, did the same thing for the Nuggets. It was just kind of the perfect way to form a team, and it's very rare you see a team with a superstar like that, like Nikola Jokic, where they just play team basketball, and it did not matter if you're trailing, did not matter if you're – 20 did not matter if you're shooting 60% or you're shooting 30%. They just kept playing their team basketball and you could never put this team away. And that was the thing, Duddy. Even when the Heat were up 10, 12 in the second quarter, it's like Nuggets are just going to, they'll find a run. They'll go on a run. And it's always in the third quarter. I would love to know the plus minus of the Nuggets just every game in the playoffs, third quarter, because it had to be something just ridiculous. Insane, man. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the third. I mean, Malone, like, he really showed, like, he needs to be top two, maybe not two considered coach after that because everything you're saying was what I wanted to hit on about him because those third quarters and whatever adjustments, especially defensively, were incredible all playoffs long, all playoffs long. They they were, and especially last night too, really, like, Miami couldn't hit, do anything, couldn't get a clean look on anything. Gordon, I mean, Jimmy... Jimmy at the end, that effort was amazing. And that's like that dude, let's, I want to talk about Jimmy a little bit more later on because, and I know we're going to get to it, but that effort at the end was like, it was a last gasp and it it almost got there. Like it really almost got there. But at that last shot, that last three he takes, it was the epitome of the series for me because it was Aaron Gordon jumping straight up and just getting in his way. And Aaron Gordon was incredible. And that was just one of like, those one of those defensive performances that all series I think maybe I hope isn't forgotten about or I hope gets talked about enough because the work he did on Jimmy all series long just making him work really hampered just the flow of what the Heat were able to do and Bam was amazing Bam played out of his fucking mind like Bam played Bam looked like one of the top like 15 players in the world this in this series like and yeah. that's and that's the thing you yeah. see we've seen those flashes from Bam throughout his career and that's why you get so excited about him when you think about his potential you're like oh my god like if he could do he could shoot like that and consistently play like that it it would be a different game and he really showed out it it kind of improved my thinking on them but just it was too much and like you said steve the resolve from the nuggets all playoffs long we talked about it previewing this series and talked about how we thought that the heat would battle back and even no matter what if these teams got down to it in a game six elimination, we thought that they both kind of be able to battle out of it because of that resolve. And that's both these mm-hmm. teams. I think the way Miami fought last night showed theirs, but the way the Nuggets, just a great team. I mean, in, in the Los Angeles series and in this Miami series, there are moments in all these games that they're, they're in the history books is going to go down as a five game and a four game and look dominant. Those games against in, in LA and some of these games in this Miami series were really rocky. They were in they were in deep waters in these games, and every time they found a way to pull themselves out of it. Like those some of those those Laker games, that sweep yeah. one of the closest sweeps we've we talked about. Like great basketball oh, yeah. being played. It's not, but people aren't going to talk. They're just going to talk about it being swept, and that. But it, I don't want to talk about it to discount the Nuggets. I think it makes it more impressive that they never slipped up. They were always on point. Right. They were always ready, and they were just too damn. And Jokic specifically, just too damn good for anybody to do anything anyways about. Yeah, actually, you know, to your last point there, Jake, I saw someone breaking this down earlier because someone tried and 
the person in the video breaking down the tweet alluded to this, but the person who tweeted it was obviously just going for engagement. But they were like, this was Denver's path to the NBA Finals thoughts. And it was like T-Wolves, 8 seed, Lakers, you know, whatever. There was no high seeds, basically, is what they were getting at. And they were trying to say they had an easy path. And, you know, they beat an 8 seed in the finals. It's like, yeah, you take out KD, (laughs) you sweep LeBron, you you handle the T-Wolves in five. And then the Miami Heat, who just went through and beat every good team in the Eastern Conference, you beat them in five, too. It's like, if anything... It's more of a testament to to the Denver Nuggets because that LeBron team that they swept took out the champs from last year and and Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors. It's like let's the day after we're already trying to discredit this run by the Denver Nuggets because they did it in such amazing fashion. I don't even think that argument works this time around. I, like, I they, think they, I think everyone's gonna try to do that, right? It, it's such a lazy yeah. argument, and I think I said this last show too, Dunny, right? You got to throw out seeds once you get to the NBA playoffs. Yeah. The seeds only say, okay, this is what they did in the regular season yep. leading up to the playoffs. What do we say all the time in sports? You just got to get in. Yep. All you got to do is just get into the playoffs. Especially this year. Changes. Especially this year. We talked With all year. It's a wide open With league. With this league, too, yeah. man. The NBA is so much different in, in the case that it, it's just so competitive. Every team has such good talent on it, especially every team that's right in that playoff atmosphere. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And that's the thing, because I saw it too, and it pissed me off, Donnie. People are like, oh, they beat an eight seed in five games in the finals. Such a weak thing after walking through the West. It's like, first off, they walked through – LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Like, what are we doing here? Everyone, who was the favorite to come out of the West when the playoffs were announced? The Phoenix Suns that the Nuggets took care of easily, despite how well Devin Booker played, despite having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker trying to defend them the whole game. Then you have the Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron James, doesn't matter. I'm not going to get in this debate, number one or two all time. Does not matter what you have in one or two. It's LeBron James. You swept him. That's pretty damn good. I don't care if it's at the end of his career. He was still putting up great numbers. The Lakers were the hottest team in the second half of the NBA season in the West, maybe in the NBA. And then you beat the Miami Heat in five, who, yeah, they were an eight seed coming into the playoffs. The Miami Heat took out the top two teams in the East. They took the Bucks out in five and then they took the Celtics in a seven game war where they were almost going to get, you know, reverse swept when they were up three Oh on the Celtics who had looked great before that series. And then they beat them in a game seven on the road. This was not just an eight seed. And that's what drives me nuts when people just do these lazy arguments of, Oh, look at the seeds they went through. Look at the records they went through. That's just in the regular season. Like everything changes come playoffs and the nuggets change too. They were not the team they were in the regular season. Their defense was night and day from the regular season to the playoffs. And it's just the style they play rosters get a little shortened with who's in the rotation. Everything changes. And the Denver nuggets had probably one of the best, I would say eight, seven, eight. I would go eight, maybe nine guys in the rotation in the playoffs where it did not matter the opponent. It did not matter the type of matchup they had. They adjusted. They were the best adjusting team in the playoffs. They were by far the best offensive team in the playoffs. 
And say what you want about the Nuggets. They were the one seed in the regular season still. It's not like they were slacking in the regular season. They were the one seed. And in the playoffs where you play better competition, you play better competition because you're playing a lot of non-playoff teams. You're having a lot of games where guys are sitting out in the regular season. The Nuggets had a better differential in the playoff games than they did in the regular season. Like, this was a team that had a very good playoffs. And people are trying to discredit them because they played too well. Because LeBron, yeah. they only it only took them four games to beat LeBron. I'll tell you what, if it was a seven-game series, they wouldn't say that as much. They'd be like, oh, it's a war against LeBron. LeBron almost got him. No, oh, the Lakers weren't great. They beat LeBron in four games. That's not what I heard before that series. That's not what I've been hearing about this team since the All-Star break. You want to talk about the Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, when people are like, oh, the Suns just weren't great. They didn't have a deep roster. They were the favorites to come out of the West before the playoffs started. And then the Miami Heat. Now people are like, oh, now they want to say it's an eighth seed. Oh, they weren't that good. They didn't have the talent. You didn't say that against the Milwaukee series. You didn't say that when they played Boston. It's just such lazy arguing, and I'm sorry for ranting, but it drives me nuts because you can't discredit it because Denver looked so dominant the entire playoffs. didn't matter who was coming up against them. Yeah. No, you're right, man. And my, my only gripe with the finals, and I said it after game two, and for whatever, I, I enjoyed it. I watched every game. I had fun watching the games, and I'm happy for Denver. All that being said, I said this after game two, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like a traditional NBA finals. We said, um, you know, the NBA as a whole, the broadcast, they didn't do a very good job selling it, it seems like this year. But then I just saw it was the most watched finals in five years. So obviously, you know, something was there. I just for some reason can't get it past me that it just did not feel like a traditional NBA finals. And I was trying so hard, you know, because I was loving the award ceremony. And then Jokic gets on the microphone and the dude just still doesn't care. It's like, bro, he just I love it. I do too. And I know he obviously does, but it's just, I saw a video today of the Kevin Garnett, anything's possible. And then it's, and then it just cuts right to Jokic. He's like, it feels nice. It feels nice. Yeah, it's good. We got the job done. And it's like, and that was it. It was just another that's game. That's all he had to him. say. But but I think you kind of love Jokic like that because it's like a star yes. we haven't really seen in a while, right? I don't know if you guys saw. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. The press conference when they're like, oh, when's the parade? It's like it's Thursday. Yeah. And he's he opens his hands in his face. And he's like, oh, I got to get home. He's like, I got horses racing on Sunday. He's like, I got to get yeah. home. I got to see my family. You have that. You have the, the situation where, and I thought this was so cool. I don't know if a lot of people really took notice of the second half of this. I know the first half. When they won the finals, all the Nuggets players were celebrating. Jokic is going one by one to every Heat player, shaking mm-hmm. their hand, you know, yeah. congratulating. And then Perfect. on the podium, because no one really talked about this, on the podium, you have all the Nuggets players front and center holding the trophies, looking to talk. Jokic is just in the back corner talking to his wife, holding his kid. It wasn't until after they brought him up for the MVP to talk about because he won the MVP. And then he goes back there in that corner just talking, just hanging out with his his family, his loved ones who were there. And then when they're taking the picture, someone had to go grab Jokic. They're like, Jokic, you got to get in this picture. Every other championship team pitcher, the superstar, the man who put the team on his back, sitting right in front, holding both trophies with everyone around him. The Nuggets, 
Jokic is in the back left-hand corner with his kid on his shoulders, just yeah. kind of be like, yeah. And, and I love that because it's a team game for him. And for Jokic, it's like, yeah, there's other things that are bigger than basketball to me. And I kind of love that for Jokic because you don't see that in superstars right now. And no. people are like, oh, he's boring. He's not fun. He's a fun guy. He just, you know, oh, he's so fun. thinks his own way. He's he, threw, he threw Jamal Murray in a pool after that's the game. That's what I'm that saying. Was that was and so funny. Like, he cares about that. He doesn't care about all the other stuff. He doesn't care about the glitz, the glamour, the fame. Jokic yeah. is just out there to ball and then go ride horses on Sunday. That's all. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's, he's, tr he's truly a one-of-one. One and me searching for it to feel more like an NBA Finals matchup had nothing to do with, mm -hmm. you know, the Nuggets not acting like they wanted it or Jokic not being a, a real superstar or a true NBA championship. It's none of that. It just, for, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like the NBA Finals. And it was so funny because I was like, okay, now it's starting to during the ceremony. And Jokic just still little to no emotion and just didn't help my argument at all. But like I said, you know, most watched finals in the last five years. Yeah. We had some excellent games last night. I mean, we can, we can get right into it. I know we, we talked about it a little bit before we got on, but it was just such a weird balance of the refs letting everything go for a little bit. And then at some parts of the game, it was like, what is even going on here? Yeah. Uh, but st still entertaining game, I thought. Um, it, it, it did at times have that classic NBA finals game feel when the third quarter ended and it was 70 to 70 or 72 to 72. Loved it. So it was like, yeah, you, you get that aspect of it. And it's great. But at the same time, I know all three of us did not like some of the stretches by, uh, by the stripes last night. Well, I was, I was on the foul counter early because I was like, how, how I said, I was talking to my friends. I was like, how long, what's the over under on Jokic getting two fouls? And we set it at six and a half. So he did hit the over. It was like nine and a half minutes at two fouls for Jokic. They had two on Murray quick. There were two on two Jordan on quick, two he on got Porter. three quick once. Yeah. He he had three quick. They literally, all their starters basically had two fouls by the end of the first half. And that's, that's the telltale sign of like, okay, we're trying to set them up for that. And then just that, the one at the end is if the heat win that game, is oh, one of the most blatant, like, day, like screw job calls. Yeah. They challenged it, went to commercial break to let Adam call fucking Mark Davis and be like, <laughs> you better call that a foul, bro. There's no way we're not getting these shots up. How, yeah, how do you, like, it, it was so, it's so wild to me because you get the, the best thing about Van Gundy and Jackson is they just give you their gut reaction immediately. Yeah. They just don't mm -hmm. care. Like that's their worth. Like they're kind of annoying, but they will just react. And even if it's like, even if it doesn't go with like what you would think they would say. And right away, they both are not even considering it. They're like, oh, that's not a, that needs to be reversed. Like that's not a foul, yeah. whatever. And then just quiet after, like, that's a bad call. And that's how you know. That's when you really know. When they're reserved about it, they're just like, that's a bad call. That's when you know they really want to lay into this call. It was horrible. Like, absolutely terrible. And it, it, it should go. They, there better be a two-minute report. I need to see some damn two-minute report for that and get that. Yeah. Or something. And it, just for I, peace I'm of mind. That doesn't matter. But, right. and, yeah, like, I, I want to see something. Like, Mark Davis just – He's he's almost as bad as it's Scott. He really is. Point. It is the principle, and it's it was a disgrace. But we, we escaped. It, we did escape. And it's it. so funny because we had phantom calls like that, and then there was 
plays under the basket where Jokic and Bam were literally like elbowing each other in the side and like full on like mm-hmm. full arm extension pushing each other under the basket and nothing was getting called. Which I loved. Like, and let him they, go. Yeah, I, Van Gundy said that, That's too. They I, called Jokic on, like, a touch foul. And he's like, well, the what, foul before, he, like, bowled him over and did that. Those were fouls. Yeah. It's like, what is going on here? Go ahead. Yeah. And so, think just be consistent, right? Yeah. I, I say this all the time. I said to you guys last night, I like when the playoffs are a little more physical. If you see in the NFL, the refs kind of swallow the list whistles a little bit come playoffs. They let them play. They let a little more contact come. And hockey, I mean, I don't have to explain playoff hockey being more physical than the regular season. Just the NBA just sometimes seems to go the other way because they're like, we don't want these guys to beat up on each other. And then they start to, and then they call everything. I just wish it'd be more consistent. I think everyone would be fine with it if it was more consistent where it's like, we're just going to let these guys play a little more physical in the playoffs because I think we, the fans, want to see that. We don't want this to turn into a free-throw shooting contest unless you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan. But besides that, I mean, you want you want to see them be physical. You want to see them beat each other up. And the poor NBA, man, the NBA just is so inconsistent because, like you said, Donnie, four or five minutes we're watching. We're like, wow, these teams are going at it. They're basically throwing haymakers down low. And then the next thing, you get a guy who gets brushed on the arm and it's two shots. It's like, just be consistent with it. The NBA, that's the one big thing. I don't like complaining about refs. I never like saying refs decided a game or refs are trying to have a team yeah, win. For sure, for sure. However, I get frustrated when it's inconsistent. And that's the biggest thing for me. And I, I'm not saying inconsistent where they're favoring one team over the other. I'm saying inconsistent where it's like with for the one half of the yes. game you're watching and you're like, all right, this is how the game's going to be called. And then it's like 20 minutes later, you're like, wait a second, why is that getting called? That yeah. wasn't being called 15 minutes ago. That's when I get frustrated. But I mean, it wasn't a bad, I don't think it was a bad overall like finals for the refs. I don't think it was that bad. I really no. don't think there were a few games that even allowed the refs to really get involved or do anything. And the way no. these teams play too, I don't think you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, a lot a lot of threes. <laughs> but um it was it was a little frustrating at the end, like in, in parts of this game where it's like, all right, like you haven't called that at all. And now you're just you're calling everything. And also, too, for Jimmy Butler, who really came alive at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, what are you doing when you're down low in the paint there? They have just called everything on you, benefiting you at the end of this game. Go up with it. You got yeah. two nuggets. Of, go up with it. Draw contact. You're getting two shots. And steady passes it out. KCP, who has been unbelievable for the I'm going to him more later. Unbelievable. That on the steal and the free throws, man. That was That, that so steal right there, biggest steal of his life, probably oh. sealed the game. But Jimmy yeah. Butler, what are you doing passing that? You're in the paint. He Just free- go up. You're going to get two free throws. The way that it was called in the final three minutes, you just got to throw your elbow into him. You're getting yeah. two free throws. Yeah, um, man. It was, uh, it was interesting. What are you going to say, Jake? Just Jimmy in general. Jimmy, his ankle had, I guarantee that ankle has been screwed up. And Absolutely. he would never use that as an excuse. But there was never. no burst for, for any game, game this series. He wasn't blowing by anybody. And, like, Denver played great defense, don't get me wrong. But, like, there was a there was a scenario last night. There were two different times. And this, this is, like, why that last gasp effort was so incredible to me. Because there was one time in the first half where I remember him trying to take Murray. And he didn't take Murray. 
And I was like, damn, like he must be, he looked, he, when he was just looking at his worst too, like he was terrible to start. Maybe it wasn't Murray, but I know it was a smaller guy. But then later on when he takes Murray later in there, early, later in the game and he bullies into him and gets the shot he wants in the lane and everything. It's like, he was being very selective and was dominant when he could be, but I think that ankle and probably just general fatigue from doing insane things for three series, really. Like, I mean, just being the absolute driver of their offense, I think he just ran out of gas and just couldn't couldn't get it done as much. And when you're going against the firepower that they're going against, like you need every little bit to get it done. Yeah. Like I don't think anything less of him, but it's a it is a huge like the last two years, man, are he misses that three. And then this series here, like you, those are two huge. You're not, I don't, you don't know if he's going to make it back. So it's kind of sad, like that you'd miss these opportunities. On the other hand, Denver, obviously very happy. They win their first title ever and everything. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, I'm sure he's thinking about the, those two years. He's going to look back and be like, damn, what if? Cause it's a huge, it's a huge fork yeah. in the road for NBA history for him. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any less of Jimmy as a player, but when we, when we get to breaking down the heat and their future, I, uh, I, I have some thoughts on it. I do just want to shower the nuggets a little bit more, um, dive into some of the, like the individual storylines and just the, the, some of the other cool shit that happened last night. But I think it was just awesome. And Adam Silver brought this up when he was giving Jokic the finals MVP, but the first, center to win the trophy since they've named it that obviously it's only been two years now first player to get it since bill bill russell has passed um and Jokic gets the finals mvp trophy named after bill russell as a center uh it it, it was just a, a really cool moment as much as non-excited as Jokic seemed it was um it, it was pretty cool to see and just the you know I, th- I think we were talking about it before we came on, but just the fact that I think you forget that Jokic is a center and we we talk about this position, how it's changed so much over the years and there's no traditional centers anymore. There's no back to the basket players anymore. And not only is he all of that, but he's also a top three, top four playmaker in this league. He's also Magic John. <laughs> yeah it's just like he's such an anomaly like you you can write you know notebook notebook worth of things about Jokic, and it's still not enough to describe how good he is at basketball it's just uh incredible I, specifically i don't know why but i thought that um the bill russell finals mvp trophy moment with Jokic and him him looking at it and him telling his daughter to stare at it was really cool that was yeah, awesome. probably my favorite part of the ceremony yeah i i also think too and i know we'll probably talk about this guy a little more we talk about oh it didn't look like Jokic cared you know who did look like it cared jamal murray man oh what, it was awesome what a win so for jamal awesome. murray That's coming amazing, back from the dude. injury everyone like oh he can't do it outside of the bubble he gets hurt then he gets hurt again he played like a superstar point guard from the series against Minnesota to the finals against Miami from start to finish. He didn't shoot as red hot in the finals as he did in the first three series, but it didn't matter. He averaged 21 points, 10 assists. He was mm-hmm. incredible electric. And I don't remember what part it was of the ceremony, but they just kind of panned the camera over to Jamal Murray, who it, like amazing. was just breaking down 
He, he yeah. really didn't have any words. And that's, I think, why I love sports. I think that's why so many people love sports. It's so emotional, too. And you don't realize how emotional it is until you get a win or until you achieve a goal like that. And you know for Jamal Murray, that's just been eating him alive since the bubble and then the injuries, never knowing if he'd even get back to the player he was there, to just hear everyone just doubting him, saying he's not a superstar, that the Nuggets, like Jokic, needs help, that Murray isn't enough. And then to see the 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 playoffs that Murray had, Jokic and Murray became the first teammates in NBA history to average 25, five and five and win a championship. That in itself is insane. And we talk about Jokic, who was unbelievable, best player on planet Earth, who was just box scores. The, the, the numbers he was putting up seemed like it was a video game. Jamal Murray was doing that too. He had yeah. a couple triple doubles of his own. He had some unbelievable games. He had games where he was the one who was backpacking the nuggets at the end. And to see oh, just yeah. the reaction to Jamal Murray and to him for him to know that like, we did it. We did it with this group. Not much. You know, a couple of the role players changed, but not much changed from the core of the group that the Nuggets started with. Just incredible. So happy for Jamal Murray because this is a guy, too, that, like, is such a good player but never really got the credit that all these other guards got. And for him to, you know, be on top and, you know, show to the world, like, how good of a basketball player he is. And you could just tell. He couldn't control his emotions. He didn't know how to react. Jokic was one thing where he was just calm, cool, and collected, just shaking the Heat's hand. Jamal Murray couldn't even stand up, man, because he was so overwhelmed. Yeah. And, that, and that's really why I love sports, because of just the emotions that you don't really realize how emotional it is until something like this happens. And you just clearly saw it with Jamal Murray. And, and, and good for him, too, because everyone's going to give Jokic his flowers. But Jamal Murray needs to get his flowers too because he was sensational these playoffs. Yeah, and I I put it here in the doc on purpose because I, I just saw this right before we hopped on. December 20th, 2021, Jamal Murray tweeted, the work now will show later. Mm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's a little cliche at the time if you're looking at it in 2021. But, you know, that's that's what makes it so special. Here we are in 2023. You know, he, he's all the way back in the full swing of things. He has his legs back under him, and, and this is what he's capable of. This is, you know, what he showed us in the bubble and then what got taken away from us for two years, yeah. and that was a, a long enough for people to start doubting him. One of the more impressive, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with everything you said about him, Steve. One of the coolest things I thought, and I, I was thinking this the whole time watching the series, is like how much praise and credit to, did we give – to guys like Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, and Max Struess mm -hmm. throughout the playoffs to help get the heat to this point. And Jamal Murray busted their ass the whole yeah. series. I mean, there was no one on the Miami Heat that could check Jamal Murray in this series, oh. much like Jokic, but that, that was kind of an obvious. Then you have a guy right. at the, that can play at the top of the key to, to down in the post. Like he, there, was, there was games in possessions where he was posting up guys like Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent. Yeah. He was just shooting over them like mm – -hmm. The, the way in which he did lethal. it, yeah. it's lethal. The amount of off-balance shots this guy made in the playoffs was yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just so cool. Him breaking down did make it feel a little bit more like the NBA Finals mm -hmm. opposed to looking at Jokic <laughs> just going like this. <laughs> it was a little, it hit a little different. It did hit a little different. 
I'm with I I need honestly for me now in my life and my old age, anytime a team wins a championship, I always get a little emotional just to see like all the people, like even mm-hmm. if it's people I can't stand, like just the knowing the work that these people have to put in. Yeah. Even a story like a story like Murray, especially, but anybody that's like Ish Smith, like 13 teams in 13 years, and now he's an NBA champion. Like things like that are just amazing. You get to see and this like the video scout, all those people you see them on the court. Like just the scene, it just in general, the energy was awesome in Denver. It, was a, it looked like it was a fun celebration. But Murray, how high is Murray's 2K rating next year? Where is he? Like, where is he on the list of guards in the league? Because he's gonna get a nice little finals boost. And he honestly, and just the whole year, and he honestly, not just saying that like any which way, he deserves it, and he deserves to be in this conversation. But where does he actually end up now? Like if we're talking about, this is the tier I think that he's probably hanging around in, where people will talk about. It's probably like that end of third team tier right now with a Mitchell with an SGA. Like though, like I don't think he's unless. You want to talk, you want to talk, Trey, Trey, yeah. You want to talk. I think Jamal Murray is better than Trey Young. I think he's better than Trey. I do too. I think think SGA and Mitchell are the next. Oh, 2K rating, yes. I'm just saying 2K rating is a separate thing, but generally just like where is his place among those guys now? Because I feel like he was definitely, like everybody thought highly of him, but he was behind all these people going in. So tier two, tier two point guard, right? Yeah. So with SGA, would you say that's fair? Him and SGA are the same? Better than SGA? SGA better scorer, both, can, both, both, though, I'm very scared of Team Canada. They're, they're the same tier. That. I think it's Team fair Canada to put them in the same fucking tier. terrifying. They got SGA and Murray on the floor at the same Wiggins? time, bro. And, Wiggins yeah, and you got too. Wiggins and Barrett on the wing for yep. you. I, fun, anyway. I think the only point guards I can definitively say are better than him right now Steph. are Steph, Luca. Dame. That might be the end of the list. Dame, oh, Dame, put Dame, Dame, put Dame, Dame definitely. Right. Yes. Not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. After, especially after last season, I'm not here to put Kyrie over Jamal Murray at this moment. Definitely not. Well, not Kyrie, I, I feel right? like basketball skill wise, it, it's like I know, Booker, with Booker. All the off court thing aside, if you told me I get 82 games of Kyrie, I'd still yeah. Skill wise, sure. What about but, Booker and Mitchell though? Like not point guards, guards, like just guards. Like I'd, that's I'd what I'm thinking. I put I'd have those over. guys over him. Mitchell, I'd have Mitchell. I'd have Mitchell over him still. I just think some of the things he can do in volume situations are, are more impressive than what he's Jamal. Better, he's better getting to the do. rim than Jamal is. We so. also haven't seen Jamal without Jokic too, though. So like, true. That's, you know, that's true. That, and that that's what I want to think. If about you put too, Jamal Murray in a Cleveland situation, pick and you put roll you, is deadly, dude. Yeah. He gets about fifteen points from the Jokic pick, hand the ball back, or the screen, and one of them's roll. I mean, but. You can't really take that away from him, right? We can no. only see what we've seen. And they're not splitting that duo up anytime. And the fact, like, think about if we were talking about this at the beginning of the year, like, think, listen to some of the names that we're deciding if he's better than now. Like, that's a testament to how good he is, you know. Yeah, he belongs, he belongs in this conversation for yeah. sure. I don't know where he is, but he is, it's sure, like, he is dab in the middle of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if people have him, like, as the like we're talking about like the fourth highest point guard like if that's like predictions going into next year i so really would say be surprised. confidently over trey young 
Yes. yes. Well, I'm not a Trey fan though, so I'm a. Not, no, that's I know. Not, SGA, SGA, or SGA. Oh, I think man. that's where it, I think that's where it stops because that's I think I think I would put Murray five. I think I would go. Obviously, you have Curry, Luca. SGA and um, Dame as the top four. I'd probably put Dame over SGA. I'd put and I'd probably put Murray at five. I'd probably put the tier Fox. one Curry. There's, Curry there's also Fox, Fox, I think, is six. I think I think what Murray is Murray is Fox, Fox with a little more in his bag and playoff success. And I'd it's put, not yeah. discrediting Fox because this is the first time also, the Kings yeah. have been there so that's a good, in forever. Here's a good what if. What if Fox and Murray switch places? What would that look like? Because Fox I don't and Jokic th- could be – could be crazy. Yeah. The Nuggets probably would have won the ship. Wasn't I mean, Fox either, like the best fourth quarter Jokic, player this year? I mean, I, and I'm not saying Mur- Murray's not a big part. I think Fox is just slightly worse than Murray. I think I think Fox and Murray are close, but I put Murray ahead of Fox. You, you're you're right to bring up the Jokic equation, though, Donnie, because yeah. that's something we really have to consider. Because that man, as much as Jamal Murray has been amazing all playoffs, nothing their orbit, they their their team orbits around Nikola Jokic, and that dude yeah. showed up every single game and i'm listen i feel like this pot since this podcast inception we started in the bubble finals i think we have given plenty of love to nikola Jokic, and i'm i this is the only time on the podcast i think i'm gonna i've really been mad about this but i really can't believe that the rhetoric turned into wait people are just finding out about Jokic now because if you if how are people how are those people how do they exist how did people yeah. exist that were like, wait, he's this good? That you won, you won two MVP. If you win an MVP in a sport, like that's the most casual. It's thing more, you know it's about yeah, it's right it's now. casual common fans that like, like I said, the Nuggets did not have MVP, a lot of televised game. Oh. The Nuggets play at nine p.m. People are just reading box scores and they're they're doing kind of like the argument Russell Westbrook won it when James Hart, like, yeah. oh, just putting up that. the numbers, yeah. box score, box score, box score, and people are getting sick tired of it and they're like, oh, I want to see playoff success. Well, you saw playoff success right. with Jokic. Now, so what's your argument before? Because I say this every time, and this is someone who's had league pass for a handful of years. Stats only do about 20% of the story for certain NBA players. You have to watch these guys play games. And I'm not talking about a 20-second clip on Sports Center of a couple dunks or an open three-pointer they made. You gotta watch start to finish because there's a lot of off-ball stuff that Jokic does that's in, like there's just so much stuff. He has some of the best knowledge yes. of anyone in the league of what's going on on the basketball court. And people finally start to realize that in the playoffs. And I I think that's the thing, Jake. It's such a casual common fan where they're like, oh, I didn't realize he was this good because you didn't watch him. Yeah, that's the only right, reason right. because yeah. you didn't watch him. And even the guy who didn't put him on his stupid MVP vote, Mark Jackson, finally made fun of himself when he goes, Oh, I have voted <laughs> for him at least this time. It's like, Yeah, you dumbass. Yeah, yeah you dumbass. Because now you have we're forced to watch him every game. So, like, it, and it's and that's a guy who's heavily involved in basketball. These people aren't watching 82 Nuggets games year but i'll tell you who are nuggets fans and they realize how good this guy is the nuggets as a team realize how good this is and now the nba world is kind of like oh oh so maybe he did deserve the two mvps maybe it wasn't so outrageous if he got three straight and he was in that group maybe it wasn't because i'll tell you what you watch Nikola Jokic play. It's very hard to argue. There's someone right now in the world who's better at basketball than he is as no, a complete game. i don't think there is there's one guy that can argue it but we don't have to get into that right now. Say that. <laughs> I, I, th- I have two he, things. I have two things. Hold on. Yeah, One thing yeah. about about um, 
the national TV thing about Mark Jackson is Van Gundy. I listened to a podcast that he was on, and I didn't realize that they did not do a Denver game. That was the first time they had done a Badger game. They didn't, on ESPN didn't even schedule that Denver on, on for a no broadcast sense. on the broadcast uh, for the main. So that's not going to happen ever again, obviously. But just the fact, like, I hear everything. You're exact, 100% right, and I hear everything you're saying. But for me, if I was a casual fan of every sport, the first thing I would look to to see who is fucking good at the sport is who the MVP was. How yeah. do you get it? He doesn't that get, guy. He didn't get the like, I don't watch tennis. I'm a casual tennis watcher. I'm a ten- casual golf watcher. I'm a casual UFC watcher. Yeah. You know who I think the good people are? It's fucking Izzy Adesanya. Or Novak Djokovic because they yeah. win all the time. The guys who win the majors, the, guys who win the points, two yeah. MVPs. I just don't get how a casual fan brain is like. Well, he must still be trash though. Like I can't believe he's this good. Like what are we? And what are we doing? What are we talking like there's, about? There's no excuse for this year either because not he didn't win it this year, but. It was more of a controversy because he didn't win it. So his name was still being brought up every day throughout the MVP race. Before before Embiid started getting momentum, it was like, can we really give it to this guy three times? Yeah. I know. They, they were literally yes. like, oh, there's no reason this guy gets it. And the big thing, too, like, oh, he doesn't play defense. He played pretty damn good defense in the playoffs. Yes. I wanna, did. And I not really only that, like, it's just like – and you watch it too. And this is the thing, and I know sometimes this kind of hurts the argument of if people only catch one to two games of a guy, you know, a year, of if someone's only watching one or two Jokic games a year, he makes it look so easy. It's effortless. Yeah. And we, we, I say it all the time, effortless triple-doubles. It's it's an effortless triple-double. It feels like you look up at the stats. I don't remember I – th- I don't remember what series it was. It wasn't in the NBA Finals. It might have been against the Lakers or it might have been the series before against the Suns. Where we're like, Jokic has 14, 8, and 5 in the first quarter. <laughs> Bro, it's like my, he it's has someone's team. game stats in the first quarter, and people are just, yeah, he's playing it's okay. Mike, it's Mike Breen with Jokic with five assists already in the first quarter. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. It's been four minutes. How does he have five assists? What do you <laughs> that was like every playoff game. You're like, oh, Jokic with seven rebounds already in the start of the set. It's like, what? Seven yeah. rebounds? How's he? What? Like, that's, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And I think that almost kind of hurts him where people Probably, are like, oh, yeah, how good is this it. guy? Because it's effortless. Because it's effortless. It's not in your face. It's not, you know, just everyone's like, wow, look at this guy. He's he's going crazy. It's like, no, he's just coming down the court. It's his stat, come back down the court. It, it's well, just people, like, you know what people don't give him enough credit for is how much of a physical freak he is because he's oh. stronger than anybody in the league, except maybe like I want to see him and Giannis like do a yeah. tug of war and see what happens. Because he's because his body, like his, his shape, everybody makes fun of him because he's fat, whatever. They think that he's not strong. That man, like when you, you see him put his shoulder into somebody, that shit probably feels like you're shoulder or your chest is caving in like he is a big man and he is strong and like i don't think people it's and it doesn't that doesn't come across like you're saying as much on tv as like a big dunk or like running down the court because he's lumber and he's not fast but he is bullying people like he's shack bullying not that level but he's doing that to guys on like some guys on a nightly basis and it's not I feel like that's not like he's re- rebounding one of the best rebounder, like may, probably the best rebounder in basketball at this point. Like, I don't think if he wanted to get 20 that. rebounds a night, he would. Yes. If he really wanted 20 rebounds a night, he would. And not only just strength, Jake, his footwork. He has some of the best footwork. Oh, my God, dude. He had some I mean, drop step. He had some drop step shot last night yeah. where he got on the block. And I just watched him like I like he I, I imagine he's done the same move like five 
hundred thousand times in his life and he did like three steps and then just puts this little like soft hook and it bounces around like three times he goes in and i'm like i knew that was automatic and the fact that he just like it was it looked like a robot like it looked like a robot doing the steps in that thing and you're exactly right like he's just so precise so efficient and those are things that just aren't i guess appreciated by a general public as much but man it is way more impressive to me than anything else yeah and and i also think too these finals or just these playoffs overall we kind of learned and i know we kind of knew that but the casual fan learned too oh even though Jokic's scoring is down if he wants to score 40 a night he could he just doesn't sometimes he's just like i'm not gonna take 20 shots yeah i'm just gonna take there's some games and i know you guys know this because we watch the nuggets there's some games where Jokic has four points eight rebounds and nine assists midway through the second quarter. It's like, oh, it must be a cold shooting. No, he's two for two. He's just taking two two shots. I was literally just going to say that. I think last night, halfway through, like, it was almost halftime. Yes. And they were like, oh, Jokic only has eight points, but he is four for four. It's like, what? What do you mean? Like, uh, that doesn't happen with other players. Yeah. When they have eight points, they're four for 11. Jokic, is, he just takes the shots. He's like, if they give it to me, I'll take it. And that's what's so impressive about him. And I think that's partly, too, why the casual fan gets bored. They're like, oh, he's only got three shots up this game, the game I'm watching. This guy's not dominant. It's like, no, that's what makes him so dominant. Jokic, I honestly want to say he's made maybe five bad basketball plays the entire playoffs. I've never he seen does, him. I've he never seen make it. a bad play. He just doesn't <laughs> yeah. do it. He, he he's, just he's, doesn't it's, do it's, it. It's truly king of the chessboard shit. I said, I think yeah. I said it last week. The only other person I've ever seen be able to like orchestrate like that is like prime LeBron, who can just sit at the top of the key and just be like, mm-hmm. you there, you there, you there easy wide open shot every single time. And that's, it's what he does. That's why he might be the best rebounder and best passer in the league. And he, also I think he's the score. best passer. In the I think it's I no question he's the best passer. And then, yeah, like, I think that's that's what you get. Like, when you have those that combination, it's a freak. It's an absolute freak. And you know who loves the way he orchestrates is all his damn teammates that he got. Oh, an NBA paid? Championship. Yo, Bruce Brown. Well, paid, paid and an NBA championship. Yeah, let's, Bruce let's start with Bruce Brown. Bruce on a one-year, $5 million deal this year. He's going to be making yep. $20 million, and I hope the Cavs pay him $20 million. I like would that love man, him in Boston, bro. Anybody Same would. Thing. like. Yeah, Bruce Brown, KCP and Bruce Brown and Jeff what a, Green. What a, what a playoffs for those guys. I mean, a, awesome. And Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was considered kind of a bust in Orlando. He comes to Denver. He's like, oh, I just got to be like kind of the fourth man. And when Aaron Gordon wants to play well, he plays well. They, they just set All up that. each other for success. It's incredible. The defense, the defense was focused first for Aaron Gordon, for a guy like KCP. MPJ, who did not shoot well, still had an impact because that's just how the Nuggets made it work. It's just and that's what happens when you have a superstar who's leading your team like Jokic, who his main thing, he just makes his teammates better. He's yeah, one of those it, guys. It, it's just so cool, man. Like, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, two-time NBA champ now. Bruce Brown, we just talked about it. Like, th- th- I, I was thinking about this all playoffs for some reason. It's probably just because he played the Celtics last year, but was a Brooklyn Net last year on one of the best teams on paper ever assembled – Got swept by the Boston Celtics a year later. He got swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round. A year later, he's, you know, hoisting Larry O'Brien. He's he's an NBA champion with the Denver Nuggets, obviously. Jeff Green. 
like how much can you say about this guy he's he's played for almost half the teams in the nba 15 (laughs) seasons um he finally gets one i love seeing that still had a good role Still had a good role oh, for the Nuggets this year. He was year. huge. Yeah. Not only throughout the playoffs, in certain games and in certain games in this five game NBA finals. Um you know, we we don't talk about him much anymore, and he barely played. But someone who I think deserves credit is DeAndre Jordan. Aaron Gordon and yeah. came Jokic in last were, night, huge minutes. Yeah, he was they were in foul trouble very early and he came in and started blocking shots. I'm like, okay, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan still has some. Like there was a cool uh, to see him get a ring. Hey, Jake, just one more thing here. Yeah, go ahead. We might have to start this award on Happy Hour Hoops. The biggest winner of the year, Christian Brown, man. No, I think we should start oh I think we should God. start doing a Happy Hour Hoops biggest winner of the year at the end of every NBA season. And it's just undoubtedly Christian Brown go goes and wins a, a championship at, at Kansas last year. And then, yeah, wins another one this year with uh, the Denver Nuggets. No and played, biggie. Played the same role on both teams. Granted, he Fantastic. started for Kansas. He came off the bench for the Nuggets. But the same role. He's He will drive a little bit. He'll shoot if he needs to. He's going to play fantastic defense. He's going to be a guy who's going to – he's not going to shy away from anyone who has to defend. He will attack the That's hoop if you allow him to. It's very good in transition. Yep. Elite in transition and a team player – and, it, and it's funny, too, because I remember watching that Kansas team or that Kansas run, and obviously Ochai Baji was probably one of, you know, the, their best player, one of the big reasons they won that, a couple other good players, too. But every game, you're just like, Christian Brown's just making an impact every game. Regular season for the title run, it just felt like every game. And maybe on a smaller sample size here, especially in some of the regular season games, but was always in the rotation for the Denver Nuggets this year. He was not one of those guys who was like sitting the bench at the start and came out. He was always playing a role and he was always making an impact. And when the rotations shorten in the playoffs, usually the young guys are the ones who get, get knocked down, right? Their minutes. Yeah. Christian Brown still had a role. And even regardless if he played five minutes or 10 minutes or he played up to 30 minutes in a game, he was always making an impact. And you're right, Tony. I mean, sometimes winners just know how to win. And, and apparently Christian Brown has been pretty good at winning the past couple seasons. Yeah. So, so the first Hopefully ever. Hopefully people pronounce it right now, right? Hopefully they yeah. pronounce it Brown even, instead of Brown. I'm tired of that. The first ever Happy Hour Hoops Winner of the Year Award, Christian Brown. Congrats. <laughs> I, I just wanted to uh, shout out Christian Brown. I mean, that's. I'd, what a two years for in your in your your twenties like yeah, Jesus Christ, you. dude! My yeah. God, how, how much fun that! I want to say how about uh, the basketball minds though. Bill Self to Michael Malone, that's got to be nice yeah, too. yeah. That's I awesome. Mean, that's gonna be nice. Dude's gonna too. get he's gonna have a nice long career in the NBA. He was awesome all series too. Like he's he was he's gonna have a long career in the league. Um, earlier on the Simmons podcast, Doc Rivers is on there. He said that when he met with DeAndre Jordan to recruit him a story that he told he said that he showed him like you could be all-star all defense all nba all these things and the last thing was nba champion like, it was this big list of accomplishments apparently deandre texted him a couple weeks ago it was like only one more thing to go and then he now he's an nba champion just thought that Damn. was like a cool thing to be That's like had, he still had that checklist like that all the things that he had was told and set out to do team usa i think gold medal was like one of the things too like those yeah. sorts of things 
and then NBA champion. And now, yeah, like you said, DeAndre Jordan. NBA I think champion. people forget how damn good DeAndre Jordan was, bro. That Clippers oh. team probably should have won a freaking like title that Clippers or been yeah. in the finals. So much fun. I mean, really, they should have been in the like, finals. Like, defensively, so on the glass, one of the best alley oop catchers the game's ever seen. He almost killed Brandon Knight with an alley oop dunk. Um, I'll never forget. The Special excitement. Man. He had that, a shack like impact when he was on the Clippers. For the yeah. rush of watching that size. dunk on Sports Center the next mm-hmm. morning because I didn't obviously was not watching that live. I think we were in high school then or whatever. And yeah, I remember turning on Sports Center in the morning and just it was just the first thing on the highlight. Be like, what the fuck? How did that just yeah. happen? Like, could never replicate. Only there's only a couple guys in NBA history that give you that feeling. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre, so cool, man. Certainly yeah. One of them. Shout out the vets, shout out the role players, Reggie Jackson, Ish Smith getting rings as well. Um, really cool. The the Thomas you know, Bryant. <laughs> yeah, crazy. He That's, got a ring. He oh got a ring. I got I forgot about him. <laughs> crazy hilarious. man. Um, la- last thing I wanted to say here on the Nuggets, and then you know we can we can break down what's next for Miami. And then we're gonna we're gonna end with some uh some bold NBA summer predictions here for you guys. But last thing on the Nuggets, Michael Malone, you know, you can call it ballsy, you can call it whatever you want. I thought it was cool in the moment, but it's, you know, it's going to be something he's going to have to think about because nowadays when you say something, it's on the internet, it lives forever. But Michael Malone says they will win more rings. I got I to gotta pull up the exact quote. I know I tweeted it last night, but, um, you know, basically the reporters are asking Michael Malone, he's holding the trophy. They're saying, you know, what's going through your mind right now? He was like, he was thanking Denver. He's thanking all the fans, and he's just saying something along the lines of, you know, we're we're not we're not done. We're we're gonna win some more. And I, I thought I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, he said we are not satisfied with one. We want more. We want more. Hey, I mean, that was baller. Hard to, yeah, it's it hard to cool. say no, especially in that moment. They've kept yeah. the same kind of core together. We'll see what happens going forward. It's always so tough to speculate these things. But, hey, I mean, you're getting right into the prime of Jamal Murray. It looks like even though Jokic is a little older than some of the other, you know, superstars right now or young superstars, Jokic is going to be one of the best players in the league for, for a while. And the way yeah. he plays his game, too, it looks like you're going to have longevity with Jokic as well. We'll see. I mean, the Nuggets, you know, people kind of forget, too, because they didn't really have the deep playoff runs. They've been a very good team for like three, four years now, especially dealing with injuries. This was kind of their first year. They were all healthy. And look what happened. I will say, I think the NBA's talent is as talented as it has ever been these past couple seasons. We say it all the time. There's just so many good teams with promise, so many young teams with potential, a lot of established stars already, not to mention we got a couple decent, you know, prospects coming into the league in the next couple years. So we'll see. It's going to be very tough. I think it's going to be a lot harder to repeat or win multiple championships in a, you know, a five, 10 year span than it has been previously. But Hey, they're going to be one of the top four probably favorites to win the championship at the start of next year. So it's not crazy. Oh, and it's, it's also, too, no. you got you to gotta say that, right? I know people are going to, like, clip that. But you got to say that because you're not going to be like, yeah. oh, we got lucky. Lucky breaks a good team. <laughs> no. Like, they're the best team in the world right now, so own it. Celebrate it and let people know. He sees Nikola Jokic every day when he walks into work. He's like, we're winning 20 titles, bro. What do you mean? We're never exactly. stopping. Um, the, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was fucking, 
I mean, it's just it's it's such a baller move. What was I lost my train of thought? I don't know what my my take was gonna be. It was just awesome. There was something I was thinking about it, but I can't remember. Oh, oh, you know what? You know why he does this? And I don't know if he I don't think he thinks ahead of this, but maybe someone told him to yell this or something. But if they do have a dynasty, that's gonna look baller on the oh yeah Nuggets documentary when the end of the first episode, it's just like Malone. I want more, and then they win yeah. like five more titles or something. You know, like, I, I feel like LeBron did sweet. that right in Miami. I mean, not one, not two. Yeah, but they didn't. The thing four, is, they hadn't won any titles. They hadn't even stepped on the floor. They haven't even played a game together. <laughs> a little different. Just slightly, slightly different. I had when, to. See. When he got to seven, you were like, bro. Bro, yeah. it's like, dude, you gotta play a game with these guys. First. Five. Yeah. He, he paused after five when he did that, and I was like, "This as a, as a staunch a, LeBron defender and like was trying." You were in a button-down shirt right now, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Uh, that's what no. Jokic. I wish Jokic would have said that. I'm like, it not one. Oh my god, not that two. Be, that Job's awesome. not done. We need three. Jokic would we never need four. Say that. No, so Jokic, like, Jokic. That's, that's too many. That's too many. I want to go home with my horses. That's too many. That's He's too so many championships. Better, I just want a couple. Next time they win, that parade better be Wednesday at least. Oh no, that better One be the, that night. That it night. better be that night. They're gonna. They're just gonna Skype Nicola. He's just gonna be on the big screen. Dude, how funny time. would that be if it's the Nuggets <laughs> championship parade and they're all there? Jokic is home, basically calling. <laughs> What are you gonna? What would you do if you're the owner of the Nuggets and the office is like, I want to go home. I'm gonna miss the parade. What are you gonna say? No? If they win no, the championship, you can't might, do that. Well, he might bail on a parade. He might just be like, "Fuck it, I'm not going to this. Like, this is my third title. I don't. Yeah, want, if I don't there's multiple, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, not at I don't all. know if you guys saw on the TV desk, like yes. after a long yes. celebration, him him like requesting the owners playing on the panel, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure he could do that." He was like, he started fist pumping. He's like, "Yeah." I put, like, I put him on the spot. He's gonna give me the plan. <laughs> so he so Denver fans, Jokic That's should ma- he should make it to the parade. Um if he doesn't, it's because your guys' owner wouldn't give up the plan, but I'm sure there's not, a, the I'm private sure jets because just gonna be waiting where the parade yeah. ends and Jokic is just gonna walk right up on it. He's like, ah, I'll see you guys. <laughs> yeah, will, if you go, go ahead, ahead, Jake. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say. I'm just saying. I don't know what our podcast was like last year when the when the Warriors won, but this is an infinitely much more fun post finals podcast. No. Oh, I was that I had. Fun, I know I you were having fun. I definitely wasn't having fun. I, Steve was probably the only one. I had my Curry jersey on. I think. Yeah. I think <laughs> did. This is this is. I'm just looking back. I was like, damn, what happened last year? Oh, the fucking Warriors won. That's why I'm not like this. Was like, there's nothing. I'm not angry about anything that like Denver winning. Not my best case scenario, basically my main point, but it's a damn great scenario for the NBA and just right. everybody in general. Like it's a great story for anybody winning their first championship. Like and the, and that's so much thing, fun, right? Man. So much fun. It's, they won their first championship at home when you guys saw it, and that was one of the coolest things to me on the TV when they're doing the post game celebration. That stadium was still packed. Mm-hmm, Nobody yeah. left. That was just so cool to see everyone outside celebrating. I mean, that's it. Like with the reason from last year with the Warriors, not not just that they beat the Dundee Celtics and he was you know depressed, miserable, and I get it, I completely understand. And you hate the Warriors, but we saw yes. it with the Warriors before. We knew how these yes, players too many would times. react. We knew they've won this before. We knew that what was going to happen. The whole song and dance. 
with it's like these are all these guys first championship this is the city's first champ nba championship it was just that is what i love and it reminds me kind of when the capitals won the stanley cup and alex ovechkin got his yeah, first another international superstar who's going to be one of the greatest to ever do it. And I wasn't a Capitals fan, but I was genuinely emotional and I'm be like, I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for this team, this yeah, city, cool for shit. Ovi. That's how exactly how I felt with the Nuggets. I was just so happy. I, I don't, I'm not a Nuggets fan. I don't care about the Nuggets after after no, this, but I'm just so happy for them and for Jokic and for Murray and for the fans and for the players. And I think that's why, especially in sports too, like it was just different from the worst because this is like one where it's like that's what I mean. It just feels like a different NBA championship in general. Like agree. from the last like ten years, like completely we've had like, well, like yeah, 20, it's been LeBron <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, like it's just like so fresh. Like and and just the fact that it's like. Yeah, it just the Toronto meant, it felt like it was meant cool, a lot more. But that Kawhi had also but Kawhi won with was the just, Spurs. And he was and there for a two a year it, or whatever. Exactly. Gone, this yeah. was different. They built this team. This yeah. is the Denver Nuggets built this team and it worked. And that's that just makes it yeah, so much better. It Plus just, they won at home. Nothing's better than winning at true. home. True. Yeah. It was just a blast. Like I just feel like I had so much more fun like watching mm-hmm. just just experiencing like that and just seeing it like even the follow-up afterwards and everything like it's been such a joy today to see all the stuff i missed on yesterday yeah yeah and it's gonna you know it's gonna be a a great long summer for nuggets fans nuggets players um yeah it's an awesome time and uh, i'm extremely happy for the nuggets i i think that's that's really why i brought up the malone thing i thought it was ballsy but also so cool that this was Mm -hmm. the franchise's first championship your first championship and you're just like we want more <laughs> he like, said fuck it yeah we all yeah. yeah so yeah. uh michael That's don't baller. call him mike malone was fired up i was fired i remember up. like i was fist pumping as he was saying it. i was like yeah fuck yeah, yeah mike and i was like i don't even care about the like, yeah. like said, i don't yeah. even care about this team but yeah let's go <laughs> it's uh it's summer 2023 is officially summer of the denver nuggets so it, it's going to be awesome i'm sure you know throughout the summer we'll have more nugget stories and, and stuff to talk about um we're, we're going to close the show with a little sad heat talk the, the zombie heat they finally died um and, and i will pose this question to you guys to start the heat talk you know we don't have to spend much time on it there's really not much to say we kind of covered a lot of it too but do we see them run back this core? Or is this could this be the last glimpse we saw of the Bam, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero core? Um, and then, you know, Hero is going to be my next question for you guys. But. I think we'll still see all three in Miami uniforms next year. I, I do. I, 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 don't, I don't think we'll – we're going to see a probably more switch up to the role players because some of those guys are going to have to get paid or some of the guys – just the way the rotation works, they're going to have to change. I saw a lot of speculation of maybe they get another big man and maybe play, you know, take a little bit less off Bam down low, maybe have Bam play a little more of a four and then kind of, you know, four or five hybrid role. But I don't think – I think this is Jimmy's last stop. I don't feel like Bam goes anywhere. I, I really don't. And I really think Bam kind of showed that, especially in the finals, that he kind of took that step. And Bam, Bam was probably the third best player in these in, in the finals after Jokic and Murray. I think yeah, Bam arguably the second. NBA I think arguably, some game, yeah. yeah, I think some Absolutely. games he was like, holy shit, man. Like, especially Absolutely. the the, the yeah. jumps he took. 
I think just the jumps he took offensively in general. There were some games where I if was that like, jumper is wow. if he can hit that mid range consistency mm-hmm. like consistently like that all year next year he's gonna be a second team All NBA guy <laughs> like legitimately yeah. like he's so yeah. dominant defensively if he can hit that jumper like that yeah, it's, yeah and, um, and then. Hero, we, I mean, we just didn't see Hero. He got hurt. He got hurt in the first game in Milwaukee. We didn't see him. So it'd be very I, – I, I just don't see them not bringing – I just think they're going to keep the same three. They've been and, – and this is the thing, too, and I said kind of similar when the Celtics, when they lost, Donnie, it's like they, the same core has been getting there. They just haven't gotten over the championship hump of winning, but the players are still finding success. It's not easy to win in this league, and the Heat – have been one of the most successful franchises with this core for four or five years. And yeah. I know a lot of credit goes yeah. to Spolstra. I know a lot of credit goes to Jimmy Butler taking that, you know, big step in the playoffs or regular season of playoffs. I know that I, I get that, but I also think too, like something has to be said if it, they just kind of work together and you have that chemistry playing together all the time. I don't think the Heat are in a position right now to do a full rebuild. I don't think the Heat are in a position oh, right no, now no, to no. switch up a lot of stuff. Just keep it together and see what happens in a couple of years. Yeah, I know a couple parts are going to change. Dunny, there's no reason. Dunny, you made fun of it earlier, but it seems like the Heat are going big game hunting this summer. That they are in on Dame talks and Dame's talking about that. them. Mm-hmm. They are in on Beal. They're in I'll on tell Kyrie you why I made today. Fun of it. And Kyrie is because Shams texted because Kyrie fucking texted Shams last night. Was like, yeah. I'd go to the Heat. And so Shams, yeah, of course you it. would, Kyrie. You can't Shams. Anything Sham says about Kyrie is just a text from Kyrie. I know you have to take that, and that's I don't. And I think that's why you made fun of it because you were making fun of Shams. I thought, but yes, partially it's it's to take shots at Shams because I'll do that any chance I get. (laughs) When (laughs) When your name is Shams and you're a reporter, it's just a tough. It's a tough beat to get into. I'm not trying to make fun of his name, but you're just you're building for it. But anyways. No, my my gripe with that it's it's more the heat and just how the national media has had this weird obsession with them the last three years, where just everyone who's a free agent or wants out of their current situation is just automatically a candidate for the Heat. It's like, where do you think they're getting this money, dude? Like every time I see a free agent, it's always, oh, the Miami Heat's interested. Well, they okay. could trade. They I'm could sure trade so Tyler. Everyone else. They could trade Tyler Hero for Damian Lillard. And, yeah. and have a package that could work this summer. And no, it's not even That's the specific thing. like Kyrie. It is. Stuff. They, they would need a bigger package. Than it's that. Hero and Rob Duncan's deal basically match up because Duncan yeah. is huge and what they can bring in. They have an exception, I think, too, from somewhere. There was I saw it earlier. There was like a thing. Dame is a, Dame to Miami. I think is very very real. But I'm Realistic. with you. I'm with you. It's it's ridiculous that like. Pat Riley, the superstar whisperer, is going to get every and that's superstar, where I think and then it's coming he doesn't from. do it. Yeah, that's where I think it's coming. But Dame from. literally it's... said it on his podcast. I would go to Miami unless they win a championship. Yeah, and he's half joking, but I don't. Here's the thing with the Portland: if Port Portland is either Portland's in a crossroads, and this is just a quick aside, Portland's in a crossroads because they they either have to trade number three for a star to win now with Dame. And then you're basically trading Scoot Henderson because Charlotte has essentially said they're picking Brandon Miller. We know Wembenyana is going to one. That's at least the rumors from draft people right now. Obviously, that can change on draft night or whatever. But right now, Scoot is basically – so you're either going to trade Scoot or you're going to trade Dame. Like that that makes sense for your franchise at least. I don't know why you'd want both of them. So Dame makes the most sense of that thing. And Miami, like I don't know where the other Dame places – 
my or where are the other superstar places i guess because uh, miami is miami and philly and new york i think are the big superstar hunters this offseason right like those are if we're trying to break it down to just a couple teams who we know want to trade for a star and are going to be looking to i feel like those are the three biggest and the lakers obviously and dallas i guess those are the five those are, much but they, and they can't do anything that's the problem but like the teams <laughs> that if they could jump on a superstar deal of any mm-hmm. sort if it's beal if it's kyrie if it's uh, Dame, whatever. If they can make it work, they'll try to make it work. Right, right. So I feel like that's where it comes from as much as anything now. And I think to your point, Steve, yes, they they, they could probably get back next year. And I don't mm-hmm. even think Jimmy's getting older, but I don't think that matters. I think Jimmy's going to be, be able to be effective with the way his game is for a long time. But maybe now they feel pressure because they're like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah. and, and Giannis, and another year of Giannis, another year of the what Celtics together. Another, like, the East is only getting better so that I don't know, I don't know if that's the I right decision. That. I just wonder if that's the increased. Like, let's just get another star and try to win. We might be the best team in the league next year if we get Dame. I get that, but sometimes, like, you also got to understand like expectations. They were the underdogs in every True. series. They were the underdogs in every series. Yeah. Even in their previous playoff runs, they were not these high favorites. Even when they were the one seed, it was like the they Celtics the series. Yeah. It was not like that's the thing. It's like would they, they be with Damian Lillard though? I don't think so, and and okay. I don't and, and I don't think the Miami Heat with Damian Lillard would be favored in a playoff series over a healthy Milwaukee or a healthy Boston. I really, I genuinely don't. So my thing is, I like, agree with that. Are you really gonna try to, you know, basically sacrifice your future or you know your role players, which has been basically a huge part of the Miami Heat and the Heat culture, and the reason they get there because of guys step up for one or two years yeah, to try to get a star. I don't think there's that much. Here's the thing, though. You say that they've been exceeding expectations. It is the Heat culture, but when the Heat last won their NBA title was when they got three superstars on their team. So that, so the Heat culture. So I could see Pat just being like, "Fuck it, let's get three superstars on the team." (laughs) That's my point. Like you, I don't consider. I'm not going to say Bam and Jimmy aren't superstars, but they're not on the level. That's a big three, though. Bosh. No, it's not. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not equal. I'm just saying, like, thought, just thinking. So of I where think you have to construct the team differently. That's sure. all I'm, I'm saying. Also... I don't think you can win with a big three in Miami. I really don't. If, if you're sacrificing other parts of the team, I don't. For sure. I don't think they mm-hmm. can win with Tyler Hero as their third best player. So I think they need to do something about that. That's where I'm I, That's fair. But I agree with you. I think they, I think they, sorry, I think they do. It would raid their roster and it, it's a lot of questions with an old Dame and an old Jimmy and Bam basically has to be your lead guy. There's a, I don't know if that's the best. I don't think it's the best team in these, but I just think that's the questions they're talking about today, right now. Like, what do we do now? Fair. Go ahead, Dunny. Sorry. No, it's, it goes back to the, the notion that Steve brought up to start this conversation about, you know, he compared it to the Celtics situation. And this might sound hypocritical because that is what I want the Celtics to do. You've been getting there every year. You're better than 96% of the rest of the NBA. Um, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The only difference with Miami, I feel like, how long can you rely on these undrafted guys to be such a huge part of your team and you know if they keep proving everyone wrong and keep providing then hey i'm wrong about this assessment but it's different when you consider the celtics roster one of the best in the nba because they have guys like brogdon they have guys like grant williams they have guys like al horford who's been doing it forever 
compared to these flash in the pan guys like Gabe Vincent, True. who is an undersized guard who shot out of his mind. Caleb Martin, who was a nobody, got to Miami and started shooting out of his mind in the playoffs. Max Struess, same deal. Duncan Robinson played D3. It's like we've never seen this before, so do these guys fizzle out? Who knows? Or do they continue to go on? I think it's just a, a much more calculated risk if you try to run it back if that's your core. Um, and that, that, that'd be yeah. my only point, point against it because, but it, do, it, it does sound hypocritical because that's what I want the Celtics to do. I want the Celtics to run it back. I just don't know if it's, um, if it's on the same level and if it's as, you know, I think smart. I know on paper, the rosters may look a little different, but I think it's the same situation, Donnie Celtics and heat. You just came up a little short for the past four years. So it's, it's hard to say. No, that's what I'm saying. I agree. It, it is the same situation. That's I just why I think it's hard if... to say don't run it back, change everything right. because you're so close. You've been so close, that's... and it's not just one year of being close. It's four years. Nope. Yeah. We've been saying that... this for four years. That's why these guys get paid the big bucks. These guys in the big chairs up there because they got to make these these final yeah. decisions. And we're sitting here talking. Either path could work. Like that's the thing yeah. is they could both these teams could run it back, and I wouldn't be surprised if the he adds some role players to their roster and and figure out a also like a just some de- the thing is like. To your point earlier, Steve, if you got seven or eight guys once you're in the playoffs that can go, that, that that's just all you need is they can go. Right. And that's like the heat. That, that's the thing about the undrafted guys. They got there's a lot of misses in there too. But they mm-hmm. found just at least a couple of those guys that they could count on in those games. Then you shorten that bench and you're set. Like that's yeah. and those guys showed out and knew their roles and everything else and the buy-in. It's 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 special, but yeah, it's it's a it's a chemistry mix that's so delicate every year in basketball. Anyways, like the thing, my Twitter banner is still the secret about basketball. It's not about basketball. It's an Isaiah Thomas quote, and it's true because it's so all the personalities meshing and the shots and every it all comes into play. And Miami is that's what Miami's so good at is figuring how how to make that thing work for everybody. Um, so that's what I think, Donny. I think they can make it work. But also, mm-hmm. like, there's just a talent thing in the, especially in the East too. The East yeah. is just crazy, right? And like the East, the East top end too, especially next year is only going to get better. I'm the, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it probably will work again for Miami, knowing the track record and the the resume we've already seen. It probably would. I just, I'm wondering if the people upstairs, the people even above them, are like. Okay, well, how long are we going to rely on guys like Max Drews and Duncan Robinson if we haven't got over that hump yet? Where I think with other teams, it's a little easier to convince yourself when you have the star power that, like, if you put Tatum and Brown up against Bam and Jimmy, I think Tatum and Brown outweigh that. And then it's like, and then what's underneath? I guess they're so similar situations. That's why I keep saying it probably sounds hypocritical. It's just like, I don't know. It, you're they're in a very sticky situation in my eyes. The last thing I want to ask is, do we know what happened to Hero last night? Did they say before the game that you know his hands started acting up again? Because from what I saw, hours before the game, he was expected to play, and then all of a sudden, play. Don't, don't give him a shot. Anything said about how many minutes or whatnot? Just he was expected to play, and then I guess I don't know if there's anything that went wrong in the shoot around. I didn't see anything. Maybe they saw something during the shoot around, but all I know is the shoot around, and then it was just like after that he wasn't playing. So yeah. I don't, and I don't it, know. It could have been something they saw. It also, too, could have been like if this guy has a chance of re-injuring it or making it worse, they're like, we're just not gonna throw him out there for one. Yeah, 
I was just there's parts of the third quarter and the broadcast was mentioning it nonstop. It's like they're literally calling out of bounds plays after timeouts for Max Struess and Bam and Jimmy just went ghost in the third quarter. And it's like, okay, you you're at this point in an elimination game on the road. Maybe give Tyler Hero a shot here. Yeah, that's what we were talking about the other day. It's like, when's the right time to play him? And maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe he came out. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I can't play my game tonight. But it was just it was strange to watch, and like them kept showing him on on the TV. And if that is finally suited up, it's like. If that is it, I really respect the self-awareness to be like, listen, I don't have it. I'm not going to go hurt my team out there by trying to yeah, like, have a moment myself. and hurt myself either. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. like, like I'd rather sit this out. That takes a lot of like, that's a hard decision to make, man, as a as a competitor to be in that situation and sit. So like if that's yeah, what happens, that's like I respect a semi that. younger player too, dude. Yeah. Like, that's that's some good self-awareness there. Yeah. Um, I said I was going to say one thing about Jimmy. When we t- brought him up earlier, I am going to say one thing about Jimmy. Well, I'll say this first. So much credit to him. He's he's a fucking animal. He's a dog. I did not. I wanted the Nuggets to win as, as a fan watching because I like the Nuggets team better. But I was going to be Just very happy for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the obvious. But I would have been very happy for Jimmy Butler if he won a ring because I think yeah. he's one of the most deserving in the NBA. Uh, I think he's one of the best competitors in the NBA. He's an unreal talent. Great story. All of that. The only thing I'll say, and it's not that I want people to be on Jimmy for it. I just can't stand how lopsided NBA narratives can be some sometimes. Because at this point last year, Tatum was getting clowned off the internet for how bad he played in the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler's numbers were worse. Oh yeah, no, just objectively worse. He played worse than Tatum did, and he won less games in the NBA Finals. And it's just, and then all summer we're still gonna hear, oh, Jimmy's probably better. That it's just like the flip flop of where we rank stars bothers the hell out of me. And Jimmy Butler played worse against the Denver Nuggets than Jason Tatum did against the Golden State Warriors, but we won't, we won't hear that. And not that. and I think what people are going to say is, right, oh, Jimmy was hurt. You could clearly tell after his ankle. So was Tatum. Tatum was hurt in game seven. Tatum was hurt last year. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. He was hurt in game seven this year. He was hurt in game it, it, last year in the finals, and you're still going to give him shit. So pe- it's it's just people picking and choosing their arguments. But what yeah. I will say, Dunning, on Jimmy Butler's behalf, I think the drop-off was enough to be like, this is an injury that's bothering him. He's never going to admit it. But yep. it, and I'm not I'm not gonna be like oh he had a really shitty finals because he didn't play well his numbers weren't great but like you said earlier he just he didn't have that quickness he didn't have that first step that explosiveness that he has and you could tell but I think you're right Dunny to the point where it's just it's just unfair where certain players have that narrative and other players don't. Jimmy Butler's yeah. narrative is he steps up in the playoffs, he's clutch. Jason Tatum's are like always oh, shies away from the moment. And I know Tatum and Butler have both had moments of where they've stepped up and both had moments where they haven't been the best. But it's what drives me nuts about it, Dunny. It's like people just forget about what Tatum did in six and seven against Philly. They just yeah. they just throw it out the door in these playoffs. And I know as a Celtics fan, it drives you nuts because people aren't really giving Jimmy the shit that they gave Tatum last year and the shit that yeah. they gave. Tatum and it's like I don't want to give Eastern Jimmy the Conference shit. Finals. I don't think he played that poorly. It's just like that's the thing. Keep but the same tone. Just pick and choose their spots, and it's frustrating because it's like, all right, if you're gonna use the crutch, like, oh, this guy was hurt, he wasn't playing 100. percent 
then you just can't ignore yeah. it with other players. You got to be consistent. And I will say that, like, I think Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum are great players. I think Jimmy Butler's got a little more dog in him than most players, especially where his jump from regular season to playoffs, because Tatum has been an all-NBA guy for two years. Jimmy Butler in the regular season, he's a good player. He's a great player, but he's not all-NBA level. He plays like all-NBA in the playoffs, and I think that jump or that gap is why people really kind of jump on them, the narrative, oh, Jimmy yeah. Butler is a dog and mm-hmm. – well, yeah. And the difference between superstars and all-time greats is all-time greats can do it every single night. They're putting up 27, 8, yep. and 10 in the playoffs, like Jokic yeah. did. Like, that's the thing. And that's like Tatum and Butler are amazing players. They're not all-time top 20 top-tier superstars in the league. And they're superstars in the league or in the in NBA history. And superstars, just top-tier guys in the league, are still going to have nights where they go – they have 13 points on five of 17. Like that's to, to, to be a top five guy in the NBA. It's not just getting to that point. It's staying there and doing it night in and night out. And I think that's what separates Jimmy. And that's the thing that people forget to mention about Jimmy when he gets to these great heights is that he has such lower lows than a Tatum who Tatum while he, you know, whatever people want to talk about had different struggles and everything. Tatum has been consistently all NBA level for three years now. Like it's not even a, it's, it's a ridiculous yeah. conversation to have in my opinion. So I'm with you, Benny. I'll be on the lookout for you. Appreciate that. Appreciate it, fellas. Um, yeah, no, that was really my only like just take. I was itching to get off my chest. And like I said, it's not even, I don't want to be negative towards Jimmy. It's just crazy that that's the, uh, we That's can just say weird. he's really good, but he's not as good as like these other guys. Like, why can't we do that? Like, why do when Jimmy yeah. goes off, we say Jimmy is like the best player ever? Like, it doesn't need to be. Is it because he's uh, Michael Jordan's illegitimate son still? Yeah, is that why we give him all this credit? Someone said, I, someone I saw a tweet earlier that was like, now I see why he disowned him or something. That was so terrible. Yeah, it's. Those are those are crazy, man. It would have been imagine what we would have had to hear if the Heat ended up winning, bro. <laughs> um, but let's let's finish here quick. We'll uh we'll give our NBA big summer predictions, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll send you guys off with that. We'll give you guys a little something to think about throughout throughout the summer. Everyone loves free agency, obviously. July is always crazy for that, um, and then leading up to the season, it's usually Silly pretty good season. as well. This is going to be a crazy free agency because we got we've been talking about Dame Beal. Beal is going to be probably on the move. We got Kyrie definitely on the move. Draymond um, potentially Porzingis. There's gonna be there's gonna be a very lot of very good players moving around. So one prediction, I, you want to start, Donnie? I could start. My prediction, I yeah. kind of already gave it away. I think Dame. Right. I think Dame's getting traded. I think it's to Miami. I, like I think it. Miami. I think Hero. I think whatever the deal is, whatever picks, whatever they have to do, I think Miami pushes the chips in and goes for Dame. And they, they, for Portland, it's not that they even really want to get rid of Dame. It's just, do you trade Scoot or do you trade Dame? And you can't trade Scoot Henderson. Like, I'm sorry. You just can't do it. Especially right now. You can't trade that pick. Even if it's Brandon Miller, you can't trade that pick. Um, I don't think so. They should rebuild. So I think Dame, I think in Miami, I don't think, I still think they're behind Milwaukee and Boston, but it makes it a lot more fun. Dame and Dame just, it just fits. I could just see it. Heat culture, Dame. 
I could totally see that. Not much of a uniform change either, so it'd be easy nope. on the eyes. Of course. Steve, what do you got? What's your? I know, I know, you guys there? want me to say Dallas is going to form a super team, but I'm not going there. Damn. I think that a player that has was on the radar a few years ago that people loved that kind of you know fell off due to injury concern, due to physical health, due to doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Zion's getting traded to the New York Knicks. Ooh. Zion will be in the New York Knicks. The New I York like Knicks want to make a splash. I think this is the way to do it. I think Zion, the Knicks wanted that pick. They wanted to take Zion at one. They didn't get They fell to R.J. Barrett. I think the Knicks are going to offer the Pelicans a, a pretty big package to get Zion, who magically is going to want to play basketball again. Zion's going to be playing in the garden. Zion in New York City, after what we've learned about him, is going I know. to be terrifying. Miami I would be <laughs> I, was wondering, I was wondering if we were going to bring it up. Yeah, we can save. That's a that's yeah. A, we can we we'll, can we'll leave it at that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going through enough. tough times. He could <laughs> he could use a change of scenery. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. I will say, I like. That, I though. love the move of the next day having them donate two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. It's great. I mean, it's awesome too. Like as long as it, whatever, give the kids the money. But it's just. It was funny that that day that news dropped the the toy gun for John Moran dropped the and there was a and there was a finals game that night and those both had those were both much bigger stories than the finals game. Nobody does it better than the NBA. Nobody no. does it better than getting they stories. Really don't, the NBA. It's the best reality show going. It really is never and ends. perfect oh. way to set up my prediction here, boys, because this would turn into a reality show. Oh boy. I think we're going to get – I alluded to this a couple of weeks ago, so you guys might know this, but I think we're getting a new age bad boys team in Detroit, fellas. I think Draymond Green is signing with the Detroit Pistons, and then Patrick Beverly is going to follow suit. They're getting two defensive anchors, old savvy veterans that love to play defense to go with that young core and Monty Williams. I think we're we're gonna see a, a new age bad boys team form right before our eyes. They already got Isaiah Stewart, who tried to fight LeBron and plowed over. He's, he's a he's literally people. a meme. He's a meme. Yeah, now. they already had their own mini Malice of the Palace. Obviously, it's nowhere even close. Don't don't come after me if I end up posting <laughs> this. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I just think it makes sense. I think they they can pay Draymond at this point because they have a lot of guys on younger contracts still. And um, I think Pat Bev might see that because, you know, his options are going to be open. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, put a flyer out on Pat Bev and they, they have this little defensive intensity in, uh, in Detroit again. I love that. I like it. I think my, uh, my honorable mention is just to watch out for the Chicago Bulls. They're going to do something crazy. That's, that is my understanding my local beat reporting from from the ground is the Bulls are ready to do some crazy shit. I think the Bulls are going to look way different next year. I think Levine and the are to. getting traded. I think they're both gone. Honestly, I think they don't know what they want to do. From what I'm like, everything I've read and like listened to is they don't know what they want to do with those guys, but they don't think they can play together, so they might just ship them both out and just start anew and the Lonzo thing hurts a lot too obviously that was a big yeah. investment and that just sucks for him in general yeah but tough I, they, it might just, it might be blow it up situation in Chicago or try to go get like <laughs> go get they might go star hunting and overpay with some like Patrick Williams Levine deal or something like that like I just feel like something crazy is gonna happen here 
Yeah, and uh, it. I think there's a lot of teams in that same boat where we're going to have a lot of new faces circling in, a lot of crazy stories, rumors. Rumor season is upon us. Uh, That's the biggest thing here. Rumor season in the NBA. It's hot. It's already here. We got a bunch today. But, yeah, that, that's going to do it for Happy Hour Hoops. That was our, our finals uh, debriefing, our, our finals our finals finals thoughts. Nice. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be on here all throughout the summer. More rumors, more we predictions. We got drafts next week. More yeah. news. We got I NBA think we drafts should, coming up. We should who have you a think dr- was one? You guys, who do you guys think was one? <laughs> I think we should have a Look draft. that guy named draft. Wemby. We should have a draft draft where we all draft like three players or four players that we have to like follow next year or like, I'm down for that. like pay attention to. And I know just, who my I'm two, just... and I'll, I know who I, my two people are and I'm locked in. I'm ready to roll. I'm watching them no matter what, that. but. All right. Hey, I'm if that isn't a tease, class. if that isn't a tease for next week, guys, I don't know what it draft, is. Draft. Um, Yes, we're <laughs> drafting a draft next week. Uh, follow us on all socials at Happy Hour Hoops One. Follow Trainwreck Sports. The show is presented by Trainwreck Sports. Steve, Jake, myself. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. See you guys. <laughs>